Hello, and welcome to Dependus Belaining, the podcast, your one-stop shop for true crime and military information and hilarious jokes and funny things that just come out of people's mouth. Hi, I'm Jen. <laughs> Hi, I'm Veronica. Welcome <laughs> back to me. Yes. Welcome back, Veronica. Thank we missed you. you. I missed you guys very much. All of you. Did you have a good trip? I did have a good trip. You know, I hadn't been home in six years, so California missed me Yeah, yeah, as much as I missed it. Um, (laughs) I had a really good time. Yeah, I got to see my family, and that was really nice. Spent a lot of time with them. We were home for like 38 days. That's a long time. Yes. That's good, though. That's good. But I got my fill of In-N-Out Burger Mm. and a lot of home-cooked meals that for some reason I cooked a lot. (laughs) <laughs> oh well yeah no it was it was great i bet you found all the ingredients you needed for whatever it is that you got to make everything Ugh. everything i wanted i found everything that i wanted i found i cannot say that enough for you did you have out you there. didn't you didn't have any like lack of chicken or anything right you had plenty of chicken stocked there because uh, all the shelves all the shelves at the store were fully stocked. Let me tell you, <sighs> we walked into a Walmart and my son ran down the cereal aisle, ran with his little arms out to the side and spinning around, goes, look at all this cereal. And I said, yes, look at all this cereal. Look at all these choices. It was so overwhelming. Every mm-hmm. time I walked in there, it was like too many choices. I don't know what to pick. That your son was like me when I we went back to the States and I went down um, the alcohol aisle in Walmart and I said, look at all these options. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> look at I've all never these hard seen seltzers this. that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even known this existed. <laughs> yeah. Look at all these hard, disgusting seltzers. Selt- seltzers? 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 <laughs> you don't like the hard seltzers? No. <sighs> I I don't know. I'm I'm on a so I was on a big like I really liked them. Um, probably because it's like the only thing we can get out here. Maybe Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I can't do the white claws. I think they're trash. Yeah, come at me. I don't care. They're trash. Um, I'm gonna agree. I'm I'm gonna agree with you. Yeah, the Corona seltzers I felt were better. They had more taste to them. Like there was actual flavor in it instead of just yeah. like the essence or like the thought of a flavor but i don't know like i like them um but i just i don't know the last thing i had it wasn't that great and it all we had the option was was bud light seltzer classic edition and they were not that good so, <laughs> so i initially start i tried the trulies and i really liked the trulies mm-hmm. when they first were introduced to me that's what i had was a tree yeah. and i was like oh these are good it's like an alcoholic Lacroix or whatever yeah <laughs> right i was like yeah those are okay and then arriving here in japan where there was a little bit more selection or not more selection but a different type of heart seltzer i tried white claw and i was like uh, they're making my stomach hurt like pretty mm-hmm. bad yeah. And I can have like one or two, two at the most, and I will have stomach pain after the second one. So it's not worth it to me. Yeah. And then I had someone gave me a Bud Light maple one. It was like a Christmas edition. 
Mm-hmm. And I liked it. It was actually pretty good. Uh, but again, it hurts my stomach. I was like, it's just not worth it. I don't like it. So I don't I don't like it. If yeah. that answers your question. If you <laughs> asked me a question, that's your answer. I, I don't did. like it. I did. I did. Yeah, we went through the whole thing. Because that's where I'm at too. I'm like, I do kind of like them. But yeah, this last time I had them, I, it like upset my stomach. It wasn't enjoyable. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. well, I guess I'll just... I'll just drink wine. It's fine. It's but fine. I do. I <laughs> like. I totally missed beers. I missed having a good beer on tap. Yeah. Um. So going to like restaurants in the states that had that option, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. I had one. I can't remember the place to save my life. I don't remember what it was called, but they had a huckleberry beer. What? And it was so refreshing. Even Kyle was like, "This is good." Like we don't. I don't like the fruity sweet beers i like the citrusy ones so i was like oh i love huckleberry let me just try it and it was really good but in that i love a good hazy ipa something mm-hmm. citrusy that's my jam and i tried one called slow cali i think that's what it was called a blood orange one i wish i would have brought some back with me because that was a good beer yeah oh Other than that, i can't find anything good around here yeah i know and you can't find anything really that good or it's like ridiculously expensive and i'm just not into that life like i no i'm okay i'm okay (laughs) yeah we're okay i'll just drink wine like you said i'll keep drinking wine i love a good red wine yeah good with that yeah yep i i you cannot go wrong with red wine i'll even drink like you know bottom shelf woodbridge wine that stuff is cheap and delicious (laughs) yeah yeah. I will take it. Yeah. Well, good. Sounds like you had a good trip then. I did. I had a really good trip. We um, went to Northern California. Well, I'm from Northern California. So we drove up to like Reno and saw some friends in Reno and had some friends fly in from different parts of the country who we hadn't seen in a few years. Got together and we went to Trekkie and we rented a house and it was just such a good time. And, you know, the last time we were all together, we had no children. Or actually, I had I had my son and my friend had her son. But that was it. And now there was eight children running around everywhere. (laughs) And it's like we didn't even skip a beat. Like we just picked up, picked up where we left off and everyone's Mm -hmm. the same. Everyone looks the same. I was like, how does everyone look the same? I feel like I'm aging like a bad apple in the sun. And everybody looks the same. But it was great. And then we went to Tahoe and we did that. We, you know, had the kids swim in the lake, which was really dirty, by the way. Lake Tahoe is supposed (laughs) to be really pretty and clean. It was not. And it was giving my kids like swimmers itch or something. So I was like, get out of the water. (laughs) Get out of the water. And then we drove to Idaho to see my husband's dad, who lives up there. So we had a really good time up there. And <laughs> it was nice. It was nice seeing family. Oh, uh, good. But we had an amazing time. And now we're back. No hiccups coming back to Japan. Thank other than five million stations to stop at for COVID, like when we arrived in Japan uh covid checks uh neg- like your negative test and then um customs and then passport every five to ten steps you took it was like a new checkpoint 
So it took us two hours to get through the airport, and we that's, made it into our connecting flight with 30 minutes to spare. I was like, great. Oh that's ridiculous. We were, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Good but God. we're here now, and it's great. That's it. Just yeah. uh, I don't understand. I don't. It still bugs me. Like, okay, guys, this is now our third summer with the COVID. Of course, numbers are rising. If we look at the last three summers, this one, twenty twenty one and twenty twenty, all the numbers rise. They do, and that everybody. I, f- I just feel like everybody's like, oh, yeah, numbers are rising again. I'm like, okay. But we've been through this already. We we know that it happens. Yes, it happens. Do, it and happens. It's not, <laughs> it's not a surprise anymore. We're not going to get rid of this. We're going to have no. to live with this. We're and you're going to get it. And you're going to you're going to get it over again. Literally, we just we literally had COVID in our house for the last two weeks. Uh, David got it two weeks ago because he because it's been going around in the office and their office is small it's small people like come on so he got it again he literally had it it was six months ago six months ago something like that yeah in january when we all had it yeah (laughs) he got he had had, he got it again um and then the following week then my son was sick we never actually tested him but we just figured he has all the same symptoms so yeah, yeah. That's probably what's going on. And, right. you know, like, yeah, we have the home test kit thing now that you can do. But I was like, he has the same symptoms. So just keep him home. Keep him hydrated. It'll be fine. Like, we're not mm-hmm. going to go anywhere. It's okay. So right. I just yeah, am that's like. that's how I feel. It's, it's just going to happen. And luckily, knocking on wood, my daughter and I still have not gotten anything. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So hopefully it's been two weeks and it's gone. Yeah. Uh, just wash your hands, people. Don't be gross. <laughs> or be wash gross and get the COVID whenever it comes around again. I don't know. Live your life. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I don't care anymore. I don't care. That's my attitude. I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. You have COVID. I don't care. I don't care. You can come over. I don't care. I have COVID. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just I'm not worried care. about i'm not worried about it anymore does it suck sure but it's uh, i like i don't yeah. know but at this point i'm just kind of like over hearing about all the things like oh you know luckily we never had to reinstate mask mandates again that was mm-hmm. uh, i would probably yeah. lose my mind but like they're just like well, we highly recommend that if you're in a public spot that you should wear your mask and it's like Wear your mask if you want to. If you don't want to, don't. There you go. Sure. Problem solved. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we don't wear a mask on base, but we have to off base when we mm-hmm. go into installations. And even some of the places were saying um, that they didn't weren't enforcing it. It was optional. Some of the establishments off base that we have seen, it was like optional. Hmm. It's like, okay. Well, yeah, I kinda choose shifting. to not wear it. Yeah. Because I'm sick of it. In fact, mm-hmm. the other day... Well, not the other day. It was like right before we left for California. Um, my daughter was on a play date. And so we took um, our son for a walk. And it was really hot. And we saw this like specialty um, drink shop. And they had like beer and organic wine. So we stopped. And I was, like we were looking through the window. And the lady was like waving us in. And I was like, I don't have a mask. And she was like waving us in. And I kept telling her, I don't have a mask like through the window. And she's like, she came out and she popped her head. And I said, I don't, I'm not, we don't have a mask. I was just kind of looking. She's like, oh, no, it's okay. Come on in. 
and she let us in. So we were uh, obligated to buy a $10 beer. $10, Jen, each beer. And so we had our walking around beer. And it was, Mm. mine wasn't that great. Kyle's was a lot better than mine. But so, yeah, Yeah. we got a walking around beer. You're lucky. I want to walk around. I miss walking around beers, walking around drinks. Me too. (sighs) It was so fun. I can't do that here. It's frowned upon. It is, huh? We're not legal. One of the two. Who knows? The United States needs to get it together, and let's just just let me walk around with my beer, okay? Right. I'm not. Hurting don't anyone. understand what I've been through. <laughs> Sometimes I just need to go for a walk, and my beer needs to come along with me. I'm not going to go driving, right? You're arrest me for walk drink walking? Like, <laughs> is that a thing? Can you drink get arrested walk. or drink I don't walk? Know. Yeah, just like like in England they call it drink drink drive, drink right? Drive. Dr- drunk drive, drunk drive. Drink, yeah, I don't know. Drink drive. It's, it sounds drink so silly. Drive. Yeah. Yeah. So but come on. Drink walk. I just, this is where I do my thinking. I walk, listen to a podcast, drink some beer. Right. That's all, that's all I want. My neighbor a few months ago, she's she's gone already, but she um, came over to my house with like a big, big Yeti full of wine. She's like, let's go for a walk. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> don't twist my arm her name is jennifer too i was like don't twist my arm jen <laughs> like let's go she yeah. sounds smart and delightful all those gents every gen that i have met has been so much fun <laughs> yeah we try i think it's like in it's bred into us when you're a gen you have to like be that way fun yeah, yeah. i haven't met too many veronicas so i wouldn't know what veronicas are like I think you, there's like two different sides. You either get the really fun Veronica or you get the really crazy Veronica. (gasps) And you're the fun one. Okay, good. With like a little smidgen of crazy, but like in like the fun, adventurous, good idea crazy. I'm not crazy, Jen, okay? Just in a good way. Mexican and passionate. (laughs) That's what I call it. It's not crazy. It's passionate. Yeah. Okay, there you go. I I like that one better. I don't yell at my children or my husband. I express my feelings in a loud manner. Well, I mean. With passion. You have to raise the volume of your voice because no one listens to you when you talk at a normal voice. I mean, I think that's just like the mom thing anyway because – I could talk like this, but no Nobody's one hears listening. me, and it's so weird. I don't understand. So, yeah. and I just raise my voice, and then, whoo, everyone can hear me now. And the neighbors, yeah. you or- know, four streets down can hear me. Uh, somebody mm-hmm. flying in an airplane can hear me, you know, all those things. Veronica yeah. in Japan can hear me. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Every time I can hear you. It's like, oh, there goes Jen. Nobody's listening to her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can hear From you, the Jen. regular. <laughs> <laughs> I've been gone for a while, so mm-hmm. we've caught up a little bit, you and I, off off the microphone. But why don't you tell our listeners where they can reach us? Yes, so that you don't forget. And if, in case you didn't even know, you can. Email us at dependesplaining at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find us on all your favorite listening platforms, whatever that is, Spotify, Google, Apple, whatever you whatever you listen to your podcasts on, find us. And then subscribe. 
And if you have the option, you should also rate us five stars because we love it. And I know you love it. And then it makes us feel good. So then we want to bring more things to you because then we feel good about ourselves. Correct. Yeah. And share. Correct information. Yeah. Share with your friends and and family and coworkers and everyone you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, Jen. Now that we have covered that, can I start telling you my story? Yes. I am so ready. So my story today is about Megan Hyatt, um, survivor Megan Hyatt. Have Ooh. you heard of her? No. No? Okay. So I actually got a lot of her story from TikTok and a podcast called Minds of Madness where they interview her and she's able to tell her own story. So... Megan Hyatt was born October 15th, 1993 to parents Travis and Melissa. She was actually a twin. So her brother, James Taylor, um, her her brother, James Taylor, were very close friends. And I mean, like you are with a twin, I would imagine. You just have a close bond with each other. So they were both raised in Jacksonville, Florida, and they were of the LDS faith. So... Um, Mormon, for those of you that don't know. Unfortunately, at the age of 12, her parents decided that they were no longer good married and they decided to get a divorce. Now, they, the children, of course, they struggled accepting the divorce. Um, and it was a lot of like back and forth from mom to dad, you know, back and forth a lot. And which can be hard um, mm-hmm. on children. Yeah. I mean, you you know Jen, right? Um, so for the sake of their, of the kids' friends and their school, they decided to live with their dad. It was just the best option for them. It wasn't like they didn't want to live with their mom. It was just like he stayed in the house that they grew up in. And so they chose to stay with their dad. Right. Makes sense. So, yeah. So Megan grew up, like I said, um, FLDS, and she was very dedicated to her schoolwork. So she had no time for anything else. She even herself said that she lived kind of a sheltered life because that's all she worried about, just getting good grades and, you know, her faith and her family. So she didn't date at all when she was in high school. Now, by the age of 19, shortly after she graduates high school, she changes her mind and decides, well, it's time to maybe pursue dating and meet somebody special. So in 20, in 2014, at the age of 19, uh, she signs up for the website or the matchmaking website called Plenty of Fish. Do you uh-huh. remember that? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I never signed up for it, but this was not for those of you out there listening it's not like, uh, what's the one right now? Like Bumble Tinder. and Tinder. I almost said kin- Kindle, Kinder. That's not right. <laughs> nope, nope, no. Yeah, Tinder. <laughs> Tinder. Oh, so yeah, it wasn't no, like nothing this. Nothing like Tinder. <laughs> yeah. So, people, you know, you sign up and try to find a connection with somebody. And she did. She found a connection with a young man named uh, Gawain uh, Rasheen Wilson, which she refers to him as Rush, and that's what we will be calling him from now on. So, Megan actually grew up in a military town, 
where there's two Navy bases nearby. And she admired the men and women of the military. She was... Hang on. Airplane! (laughs) She had big admiration for them and respect. So she thought, oh, you know, if she finds, happens to find a military man, like, great. They must have great values. So she meets Rush and she is incredibly smitten. He's really nice and charming. They actually bond over having motorcycles because she had just bought a motorcycle for herself for the first time. And he was, you know, he rode motorcycles. So he promised that he would teach her how to ride. So they, that's where their relationship begins. Um, Rush was an engine, engine aircraft mechanic for about seven years at this point. So he had been in the military for, for quite some time, seven years. He was in his late 20s and she was only 20 at the time when they started their relationship. So a little bit of Rush. His name again is Gawain. He was born in Jamaica and he spent most of his childhood between the UK and the United States, but he identified as Jamaican on his dating profile. Rush actually immigrated to the United States at the age of nine and uh, he joined the Navy soon after graduating high school. So he claimed to be a hardworking man and it seemed he was like pretty stable. He owned his own home, had various vehicles. And that kind of appealed to Megan because she, this was like, oh, this, he's stable, right? He, he's responsible. He has homes. He has vehicles. He's been in the Navy for seven years. He's got a good career. And um, he was also not bad on the eye. He was pretty good looking. <laughs> so she was like full package. Great. So they went back and forth on that with the, you know, dating on online and they finally decided to meet up. So Rush actually worked overnight at Mateport Naval Air Station and he asked Megan to meet him there after his uh, shift was over. And she was a bit confused because she thought he'd be working and it would be either a very like rushed meetup or she was just going to accompany him at work. So it was just kind of odd to her. But she, you know, was open-minded because it was the first time she was going to meet him. So she was really excited. Uh, And he gave her, and so he gave her strict instructions on where to meet. And he would send someone or one of his co-workers out to sign her in. Which I found really odd that he wouldn't go out and meet her at the gate and sign her in. But instead had somebody else do it. So the co-worker drove her to a helicopter hangar where Rush showed her around and Megan enjoyed walking around the hangar and touring the helicopters. She was excited about possibilities with Rush at this point just because he was so charming and he took, you know, the time from work to get to meet her and show her around. And she says that that um she's that night she spent 7 hours with him at work. Um, Once his shift was over, he drove Megan back to her car only to discover that her car battery was dead. So Rush was not about to leave her stranded and he took his opportunity to impress her even more. He took her back to his place where he would make arrangements for her vehicle. Again, you know, just checking off all the boxes is like, so this guy's helpful going out of his way. Just really impressive. And uh, she ended up spending the night and it moved things forward um, in the now relationship pretty fast. And you know how it is in the military, right? You find one and ma- marry them. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Right away. <laughs> or just or just find someone. LOL. <laughs> 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 LOL. 
LOL. Um, so Megan and Rush decided to move in together after only two months of knowing each other. Goodness. Two months. Goodness, goodness. Yes. Megan trusted him. Uh, after all, he, I mean, he was in the military, and in, in the Navy, mm. working on helicopters. The Navy mm. wouldn't enlist a dangerous man, would they? Mm. Would they? Um, pretty sure that's yeah. definitely a thing. But okay, we'll see how your story but, goes. <laughs> yeah. Darn airplanes! I got I got some outside too today. I know I got this loud thing over here. I don't know where they're coming from. So oh. rude. Okay, so there was red flags everywhere in the relationship. Oh, boy. He expressed his need for a traditional home. He expected Megan to stay home and be a homemaker and have the babies and do all the things at home that, I don't know, old-fashioned men in the 40s think. That one, yeah, it was like one does back in like the... 20s 30s 40s 50s yes. <laughs> when women women had no rights yeah, much we, like today <laughs> 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 um but and but she really did want the same thing i think she just had i mean she wanted to get educated and she wanted a career but she really did want to dedicate her her life to serving this man i guess and raising a family um he was, however, very critical of everything she did. For example, she would be cooking a meal for him, serve it to him on his plate, and then he would say, you can't eat this. I can eat it because, like, we have different body compositions, I guess. And he would tell her straight up that she was fat. Oh my and God. so Megan had struggled with anorexia in her younger years. And so this sent her back into that just you know self-loathing body image especially when you have somebody you know in front of you telling you that they don't like the way you look disgusting no no person has the right to tell you that no fuck them no never um yeah so he he really did get in her head by saying hurtful things um and and megan complied with a lot of these things so she she worked her hardest to lose weight and to please him in any way that he wanted. Um, so yeah. So in October of 2014. He ends a relationship out of the blue. This is like uh, like a year probably into the relationship. He ends it out of the blue. Claiming that he deserved a better partner. That she is not the woman for him. And he needs somebody better. But Megan soon discovers that she's actually pregnant. Oh right. Man. Yeah, oh so she's really nervous about telling Rush, um, but she does. He didn't have the reaction that she expected. Obviously, she expected him to be surprised, um, nervous, but he was straight up angry, like mad about it, and he just couldn't believe what he was hearing. So he decides to go for a walk. He takes a little break, and then after he had had an outburst and he came back um, seeming to have changed his mind on the whole situation and he seemed happy and ready to start a family with her. So they both agreed that they would try and work it out. So Megan, you know, goes on with the relationship and she makes her OBGY appointments and she finds out that she is having twins. Oh, man. Twin girls. Now she's a twin herself. 
Yeah. So yeah, it's not so, really uncommon that that would happen. Yeah, it's um it's very special. Well, when you have fraternal twins, you're more likely to have twins yourself. Yeah. But identical twins is a freak of nature sort of thing. Yeah. Because it just happens out of nowhere. Um but yes. Um so she's excited obviously that she's having twin girls. Um he actually took it well. He took it well too. She was nervous about telling him that they were having twins, but he took it well. Like he was um, surprised, but he was still willing you, to work things out. I know. I'm sorry, but you should not ever be nervous to tell your partner that you are one having okay, having the baby. Yeah, okay. Especially out of wedlock, blah 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 type of thing. Uh, uh, understandable. But then twins, like okay. I don't. I don't. You should never be nervous to like your partner already knows that you're gonna have a baby. Okay, we've already there, but you should not be nervous to tell mm-hmm. him anything else after that. Like that's that's not fair, you know. I like it hurt, breaks my right. heart when people are like, "Oh, I'm so nervous that I just don't think he's gonna be happy about." It. And it's like, well, he already knows that you're gonna have a baby, so here we go. Like, yeah. sorry, yeah. I just, I just, it, it hurts my heart. Also, I don't know. This might sound really dumb of me to say, but what does it matter? Because the mother does the majority of the work. Right? She's the one I would making those yeah. babies inside her belly, stretching that yeah. out, especially twins. Yeah. And then if you like like for example, my my friend um Emily, she had twins her second time getting pregnant. She had her son and then her second pregnancy was twins and she was tandem nursing those babies and working Full, I don't know if she was working full time, but she was working. Yeah. And nursing babies and taking care of a toddler. And they were doing great. And so I always admire her so much for doing that because I was like, that is hard work. That is hard work. Like, you don't know hard work until that. Um, but anyways, we digress. Yeah. Sorry. Like I said, he, he took it. He <laughs> took it well. He was excited with her. Um, so, but the, the struggles in the relationship continued and they just couldn't agree much on anything, really, on any level, including the twins' names. And they um, they couldn't come up. He wanted to name them. I don't want to say the baby's names. Um, but he had suggested something, and she said she didn't want it to rhyme. Like, like I don't know, you know, rhymey names, like mm-hmm. like Harry and Mary or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. She wanted certain names, specific names. So they finally agreed on a name. And that they were going to call them by their middle names. And um, so on June 8th, 2015. Oh, how weird. That was just the day before I was due with my daughter. Um, uh, Megan gives birth to twin girls via C-section. Now, sometimes, you know, when you have twins or either preemie, I'm not sure what the problem was here, but they did have to go to the NICU. So yeah. they had to go to the NICU. Um, now, three days after the birth of these babies and Megan being probably hormonal and in in distraught over her babies having to be in the NICU was not in the best place to hear her um, partner ask when she would lose the weight. Oh. Yeah. He asked her uh, in front of like the nurses and stuff. So I think the nurses were on to him. Yeah. Yeah. That's so messed up. So, because the girls needed to stay in the NICU 
Um, she, of course, wanted to stay with her babies, you know, rightfully so. And they had a big blow up at the hospital because he didn't want her to stay there. He wanted Megan to come back home and continue her wifely duties that uh, he expected her to have. So she didn't want to. And she said, fuck you. I'm packing a bag and staying with my babies. And he said, why don't you find somewhere else to live? Because I don't want you, you know, I don't want you home anymore. And he yelled at her and he told her to move out and he would sign away his parental rights. Megan then reaches out to her mother telling her what happened. She's really distraught. And her mom says, you know, of course, come home because that's what a mama should do. Mm -hmm. Always take care of her babies, no matter what age. Always. Yeah. Um, so now around two weeks at the NICU, he apologized. He came back. He apologized. He was actually like barred from, uh, from going to the NICU because of the blowout he was having with her. So finally she, yeah, exactly. But he did manage to get back in there and he apologized and wanted to spend time with the babies. And Megan agreed for the sake of keeping their family together. Uh, and she, um, he would like come in and he would nurse him and she called Rush a great dad and he just fell into his parental roles, no problem. And he would take care of the babies. And so she was really impressed by that. But however, you know, their relationship was just not great. Him and the babies was great. Her and him were not great. Yeah, they made a they made a great team when it came to taking care of the girls, but the abuse continued. And by abuse, I mean she never, never said that he was physically, um, he was physical with her, like hitting her. But he was physical in other ways with her, like forcing himself on her, and he was abusive, um, um, emotionally, of course. You know all the things he would say to her, and he actually would throw things at her too. Oh my God! <laughs> yes. Yep. So he once tried to call her father as he was forcing himself on her and she was able to wrestle the phone from him and she kept hanging up. He kept calling back and he she kept hanging up and finally she like threw the phone across the room. Um, Megan left home multiple times over the next few months. You guys... Uh, from what I hear, this is really these are really hard situations for someone to leave the home, you yeah. Know, when they're facing domestic abuse, mm-hmm. but she really tried, and she walked on eggshells all the time to not set him off. Just whatever she did, whatever she said, it was just not great. And he he would always threaten to destroy her if she ever left. She mm. even offered like 50-50 custody because she just could not take it anymore. She just could not take it anymore. She knew that this relationship was going nowhere and she wanted out. She had had enough. She, so one day she went about her day, her regular day. She packed him lunch and she saw him off to work. Everything was great. And then right away she called her dad and her friend and they rushed over to her and they were helping her get out like to move her stuff out now she thought it would be the right thing to call rush and tell him what was happening so he wouldn't be too surprised when he came home and he knew what Mm. to expect yeah just to give him a heads up so 
he was, he had a huge blowout on the phone and uh, cussed her out and threatened her over the phone. And she did agree to stay home until he got home in order for him to say goodbye to his girls and to her and to just accept it because she was like ready to go. He became irate. Like, again, he was just, he was at work. People heard him threatening her. Remember that. People mm-hmm. heard him. Um, Megan knew what his temper was like, but never expected him to hurt or never expected him to hurt her or the babies or anyone else. So she stayed home, waited for him. And her dad, meanwhile, is there as well, as well as her friend. Now, Russia arrived um, at home angry. Megan asked her dad for privacy for her, so, for her and Rush so they can talk. And he agreed. He walked out the door. Rush questioned her to see if she was really leaving. He asked her, you know, what her plan was. And Megan tells him that she, um, that he needs to get help to deal with his angry outburst and change the way he treats her. Uh, but she, she's gonna, she's gonna stay gone. Like, but it, and it, not until he gets help and really addresses whatever is causing these outbursts. She says it's over. Rush yeah. is still very visibly angry at this point after she's voiced her concerns. And he had been feeding one of the babies at this point because, again, you know, he was always very loving with his daughters. Uh, he throws the baby on the couch oh. and goes to close the front door. And he says, quote, I'm going to show you what over is, bitch. Oh, and no. Oh, my yes. God. Megan right away knew that Rush is going to reach for his AR-15 that he keeps in the closet. <gasps> he kept one fully loaded in the closet. Oh, Jesus. That's, so Megan, that's stupid. That is yes, stupid. Megan, Megan begins to scream at a panic and he says, I'm going to murder your dad and you're going to watch. So Megan oh, is begging her dad not to come in and call 911. But of course, the you know, a dad's not going to just walk away from that he yeah he runs through the door and rush unloads the gun on him oh no yeah he can't he um like kept trying to get up to protect his daughter but he kept just he kept shooting him so he kept falling so at this point megan is of course scared for her life and her baby's life she picks up her babies and she is thinking, I need to get to safety with my girls. Rush then turns the gun on her and shoots her. Suddenly, Megan realizes that the babies in her arms have gone silent. Rush then turns the gun on himself and commits suicide. And I'm like, mm. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about the babies because it's too heartbreaking. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'll just stop right there with that. Uh, Megan's friend who was outside and heard the commotion was able to make it to safety and from a neighbor's house called 911. Megan is injured but alive and she dragged herself to her dad where she used his phone to call paramedics. Her dad, bleeding out, asked if Rush was dead. He asked where the girls were and she told him that they were quiet. He then tells her that he will watch over over them because he knows he's not going to make it. Megan was using her own body weight out of desperation to keep pressure on her dad's wounds, 
but he only held out long enough for the paramedics to arrive. Megan is rushed to the hospital, and she's riddled with bullet wounds. She was shot everywhere. Wow. But nothing, of course, is going to compare to the trauma of losing her babies and her father in such a horrible manner. Ten days after, she attended the funeral of her daughters and her father in a stretcher because she was still recovering. So the scars of her of her soul were worse than the physical scars that she has to live with. And PTSD, of course, is triggered by things like just simple things like knocking on a door. Yeah. Or look, running into somebody in uniform. Um, even reggae music sets her off mm. because of Rush's mm-hmm. background and yeah. music that he probably used to play throughout the house. Megan filed a lawsuit against the U.S. Navy stating that more could have been done to prevent these events. Mm-hmm. Rush had left work without permission, one, and his co-workers had heard him going off on Megan over the phone. So they were aware that he was in no state to confront her over her decision of ending the relationship. And him rushing off from work only means he had ill intent, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. like he's just going to go talk to her. So she sought $75,000 to help pay for surgeries. However, lawsuit was thrown out claiming that the Navy is not responsible responsible for the private actions of their officers. Uh, um, oh, okay. <laughs> right. And I agree they're not responsible, but they were responsible at that point because they could have prevented it. Yeah. Someone could have spoken up and said something and it it could have been prevented. Uh, something been prevented. something could have happened. Yes. They could have sent somebody to the house knowing he was going. And they could have mm-hmm. sent someone knowing he wasn't supposed to leave because he was working. Yes. Well, uh. then we discover Rush had had run-ins with the law for domestic violence before. Mm. In 2013, charged with domestic, he was charged with domestic battery by strangulation with the previous relationship. Oh, my God. And he was ordered to complete a batterer's intervention course. A year later, he had anything. another. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A year later, he had another altercation with the girlfriend who shot him in the groin, to which oh. he claimed she was a crazy a crazy ex-girlfriend. That's how he um, described her to Megan. Megan and her are now actually great friends and find similarities in both relationships. So a Navy spokesperson says a Russia, that Russia's Navy command took appropriate administration action when the previous claims happened. Counseling was the only outcome of that. So, hmm. how, I mean, okay, I understand that he's going to need counseling, but he needed a little bit more than that, and uh, other than a slap on the wrist, because he was still working. He was still enlisted. Yeah. So, I don't know about that. They didn't, like, demote him or anything like that, too? You would think, like, some sort of reprimand so. would have happened. I don't think so. And knowing that... Sorry, like knowing his, you know, the background and it's happened before and he's been charged with it, like Mm -hmm. letting him leave work, knowing he was angry at his, (sighs) sorry, um, Mm -hmm. that's just, I'm not okay with that. I don't like their answer. (laughs) I don't like it. Um, 
Megan decided not to appeal the case and instead decided to take her own experience and educate others. Um, she has set up a website called No More Silence, and she's determined to make a difference in other people's um, lives um, and, and to honor the lives that she lost. This has really been healing for her, knowing that she's making a difference in other people's lives and bringing awareness to domestic abuse. And she has become a public speaker and travels the nation sharing her story. So, like I said, she will forever live with those emotional scars that are just never going to heal. But she is doing something good with it. And that is the story of Megan Hyatt. Oh, my goodness. (sighs) Yeah. So, I just... I just want to say, you know, if if you, our listener, is ever in a situation where you don't feel safe, there is help. There is help. You need to get it. Reach out to somebody, anybody that can help you. Um, I do have a hotline number here that I'll share, but I first want to share things with you that perhaps you don't see as being abusive, but they are. And that's um, hurting you physically in any way, of course. Mm-hmm. Using your children against you, which is awful. Calling you names and hurting you emotionally. Harming your pets. Acting with extreme jealousy and possessiveness. Isolating you from family and friends. Threatening to commit suicide or to kill you. Controlling your money. Mm-hmm. Controlling your money. Withholding medical help stalking you, demanding sex or unwanted sex practices, hiding assistive devices, minimizing the destructive behavior, threatening to out you if you are lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender, controlling you with a certain look in their eyes or certain gestures. This isn't just for people in relationships. This could also be for just People who share a household, people who have had a close relationship in the past. This is just from people in your life in general. doesn't have to be from a a relationship. So just know that there is help. I'm going to share here the hotline uh, for for anonymous confidential help. 24-7, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-722. Three three, or safe for those last numbers, or you can text one eight hundred seven eight seven three two two four. No one should have to live in fear like that. No, no, absolutely not. So, thank you for sharing those important details for people. I, you should never feel like you have to work walk in eggshells around somebody that you're with. Like never. You should never have to worry about setting them off all the time, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's that's that's not okay. It's not okay to be with somebody that is in that sense. Like I understand sometimes people have hard days. We we go through it and it, things like set us off, and I understand. But like, there's a difference between where it's toxic and when it's okay. Like we have a bad day and things like set us off and we are a little more triggered than normal. The per- mm-hmm. That person will then 
who's a good person will come back to you and apologize for maybe making you feel upset in some way and like I'm sorry that I've got really angry you know I didn't I'm just this is what's going on and they'll explain how their day went and why they are feeling you know a little more on edge than normal and it's okay as long as they are like explaining themselves and they're not like pushing it off on like wait this is what you did too you did this to me that's not okay and you should never feel unsafe with somebody that you love I just think someone who's in your life, not only in a relationship and someone who loves and respects you or claims to love you and respect you should do just that and love and respect you and uplift you and not call you names and not threaten you and blackmail you or, you know, hurt you in any way, shape or form that you don't deserve. Obviously, no one deserves to be treated like that. Um. And, and there is help, and you should seek it if you have someone in your life like that. I don't care how close they are to you or how, you know, how distant they are. You don't deserve it, and there's help. Please reach out. If you want to reach out to us and let us know, we can find help for you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so please do. Yeah. Don't don't feel ashamed it's you know it's not your fault that you got into a situation that is like that it's not and you didn't it's not like you know megan expected that to happen when she met this guy too so right no you're not asking for it and you don't deserve it no not at all and yeah you don't deserve it so that doesn't mean you have to stay just even if you're having you know a child together or something like that you that still doesn't mean that you have to stay just, you know, you need to do what's best for you and your mm-hmm. situation always. So just know it's it's okay. Don't ever feel ashamed. Yes. That's probably like the worst. And I always feel so terrible for anyone in that kind of situation because a lot of the times they feel like shameful. And it's like you didn't right. know. It, you didn't it's, know. It's, yeah. It's a hard pill to swallow when you mm-hmm. come to that conclusion. And then accepting defeat is the hardest part. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my story for you, Jen. Thank you for the story, Veronica. Yeah. Very hard. You're welcome. It's hard. Hard but good. It's good. It's still, like, we don't, you know, we don't do all this true crime stuff just because we're like, oh, yay, you know, we get to you know, listen to these crazy stories and stuff. Yeah, I do enjoy, you know, listening the crazy stories but also a lot of the times they come out with good information on you know someone's situation maybe you had a similar situation and now you know kind of how to get yourself out and so right well the fact that megan sees a silver lining in all this and her taking her experiences and sharing it with others in order to prevent these sort of situations which was just the most horrific thing that could have happened to any human yeah so yeah um, she's she's very brave for that. Very very brave. Yes, a hundred percent. Um, definitely. We'll we'll be putting her stuff up about. Um, you said she has a website and stuff. That yeah, she it's does. called No More Silence. Mm-hmm. No More Silence. Okay, so yeah, we'll definitely be putting that up so you guys can check it out if you want to. If that's something that you 
just want to know about or if it's something you need, um, it's there, which is great. It's good yeah. to know that there's a resource like that. So mm-hmm. thanks, Veronica. Yeah, you're welcome. Why don't you lighten our mood, Jen? <laughs> lighten your mood? Oh, I need like, I need more caffeine, I think. No. That's 12 no, glass. No, probably not. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Can I share the super awesome book that I found at the thrift store with you? Please do. <laughs> I just, it gives me the giggles. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I was telling Veronica about it already too, but um, <laughs> so I went to the Salvation Army here and uh, I was in their book section and I found this book and I thought this would be so fun to go through some of these with you guys. And we can just talk about how we can just talk about it. So the book is called The Air Force Wife <laughs> <laughs> by Nancy Shea. Um, on, yeah, so on the cover it says what she ought to know about the customs of the service and the management of an Air Force household. <laughs> the management of an Air Force household because they are different to any other household out there. They're Completely different. No, they're so, like, they're way different. So this book was, um, I believe, copyrighted, published in 1951 was the first time. So that just gives you a reference on perfect what's going on. Um, And this book only cost $5.95 back then. Can you believe that? Or whenever this. Just in time for the climate that we live in right now. Okay. So, um. Just some gems that are in this book, um, just so everybody knows. When I uh, – I landed on a really good page, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, so, yeah, okay. So this book was published in 1950s, okay? And uh, I brought it home and I started talking to Dave about it. And I was like, just look at this book. I'm so excited. I'm going to, like, share different topics from it on the podcast it's gonna be great and then i opened the book and i was flipping through it and whoever owned this book beforehand um i underlined uh, (laughs) paragraphs and sentences and i'm like what they you're like super in super into it (laughs) i mean if they were you was they were using it as a self-help book it's just underlying funny things that made him mm-hmm. laugh or fun facts. Okay. Tall in the eye of the beholder. Right. And so I'm not like trying to like roast this. Like this was a very big deal back then because I guess But we're 50s, gonna. I mean, we're going to make fun of <laughs> because it's exactly yeah. like the opposite of what we know to be like now. Like none of this stuff, at least – just the, some of the things that I've read. Sure. You don't do these things. Just like okay. we talked before on our previous episode of uh, where Veronica told us about cringy dependence, things you don't do. Okay? <laughs> now okay. we have a book. <laughs> we have a book to read from. Um, let's see. So I'm just going to pick a couple random things and we're going to uh, – I'm going to read the stuff that's been underlined. <laughs> I think I read this one to Dave and it made it made me laugh. Um, so the subtitle is called Should an Air Force Wife Work? Oh. Well, uh, no, definitely not. 
What? <laughs> um, that was just my opinion. So okay. here we go. <laughs> so, um, all right. So should an Air Force wife work? Homemaking is a full-time job and a wife should not work <laughs> unless oh there is God. a real need for the money she earns. <laughs> I love this. I'm loving this. Keep going. Um. Okay. It says, of course, there's an extenuating circumstances where an aged parent must be supported, but simply to buy a piano, silver, or a car is not a worthwhile reason if such work in any way jeopardizes, and that's in italics, jeopardizes your home responsibilities. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure. I- my favorite thing in this world is to stay home every fucking day doing the same mundane thing. Every day. Not leaving my home. Not interacting with anybody else. Sure. No, I definitely okay. want to make sure that everything in my house is perfect, pristine every single day. Oh, Lord. Oh, Keep just wait. Okay, just wait. It gets better. Oh, God, it gets better. If you do work. Always remember that your husband and your home should come first. <laughs> and it is not cricket to expect your husband to accept a slapdash sort of <gasps> housekeeping. <laughs> first of all, first of all, <laughs> I come first. Okay? Oh. Always. Mm-hmm. I come yep. first. Multiple times. <laughs> First, <laughs> second of all, mm-hmm. I don't even know what to say. Second of all, it's just that. Okay, I heard children in the background. Yeah, I don't know who that was, and I have a giant sign out there that says "Shh, mom is recording." Shut your mouth up. Shut your pothole. Oh my gosh, way. Jen! Before I forget, I watched Top Gun, the new one, right? Yeah, yeah, we did too. Can I just say? What's his face? Tom Cruise is just aging incredibly well. Aged and I to want perfection. Some of, I want some of what he's drinking. Do yeah. I have to join Scientology? Because I will Ugh. if I can look that young. If, that, he is if that's so what good I have looking. to do. He really is. He just has aged very nicely. And the movie was great. However, was. there was a big plot thing that I couldn't. I was like, who is the enemy? They never say who the enemy is or where they are. You're right. That did bother me a lot, I realize. Yeah, they never said. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe it's going to be some foreign country, right? Because they made it sound like it was somewhere foreign. But they never actually But then say. when they find the airplane and they get in the airplane, I was like, everything's in English. Yeah. I was like, so I don't get it. But it was a good movie. It had really good action. Tom Cruise is very good looking. Miles mm-hmm. Teller's all right. Um, and <gasps> oh, blasphemy. How dare you? That's slapdash. <laughs> Jen, you know my type. That's not my type. Oh, I know, but Miles but Teller. he's okay. Oh. Mm. He's all mm. right. Spiderhead. He's in that movie Spiderhead that's on Netflix. It's really good, too. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I saw yeah. that. So yeah, that his good. counterpart, that's he's- my type. Yeah, he is. That's my type. Thor, beautiful man. I love blonde I, men. I told you this, Jack. I have a problem. <laughs> yeah. I like me the, not a the blonde it's boys. It's a type. Yeah. It's just a yeah. type. 
You should have told that guy, like, hey, I'm sorry, my type is blonde, so I don't know what to tell you. Unless he's blonde, then that's not No, good. he's not. He's not. He's Mexican, so he's got, like, dark skin, dark hair. It's not my type. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I like, sorry. I I like. like white with blonde hair. I don't know what to tell you. It's never going to happen. Yes. I like my men like I like my beer. Hazy, white, <laughs> bitter. <laughs> okay. So, so we talked about, you know, your husband comes first and that's, don't, he can't expect a slapdash sort of housekeeping, okay? Okay? Uh, On the other hand, if your home is running smoothly and you have time to spare, it would seem unreasonable for you not to take advantage of any professional training you might have. Mm. What? <laughs> so let's what? back it up. Let's back it up a few steps here. They're asking us, because we're mm-hmm. Air Force wives, mm-hmm. to <laughs> keep the, ho- the home intact just like he wants to. He, he, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yep. We're not being a uh, we're not being inclusive here either. <laughs> nope, not at all. Keep it how Remember, he wants it was, to. It was the fifties. It was the fifties. Yeah. And then if you have time, go do your career that you probably worked really hard for to earn. Yeah. And then on top of that, you probably have children. So never rest. Just Air always Force wife. Are awake and doing things constantly. Yeah. Oh my god. Yep. Okay, keep going. Was this yep. underlined by the reader? Um, yeah, so not only did she underline that this the last part that I read, but she also like blocked this entire paragraph too. So I'm thinking oh, wow. she was very into. So the the last sentence in this paragraph says they are usually in need of extra teachers and nurses at the base schools and hospitals, even for part time. Oh, okay. So they're giving you a suggestion on where you could work, as long as it doesn't interfere with your housekeeping. Right, because that's all we're good for just saying oh my yeah so that one i um i had happened to flip to when i was talking to dave it was hilarious <laughs> and uh yeah so i was telling i was like hey look at look at how i upkeep the house i shouldn't be working <laughs> yeah i shouldn't be working Does that yeah, makes sense exactly. that's that's the issue here david is i should not be working they, these are, um, they're just very funny. Uh, oh, God. Oh, here we go. Chapter 10. Fil- fulfilling Social Obligations, page 169. Social Obligations? Yep. <laughs> Listen, I'm keeping the house clean and working part-time, and you want me to be social? Oh, yeah, I they do. I think so. Oh, yeah, that's a big so. thing. That's a big thing as an Air Force wife is... Knowing how to throw a party. I'm shaking my head <laughs> as hard as can be. No, 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 I'm, no. I'm just going to read what this person underlined for each subcategory. So under coffees, since a coffee is an informal get-together, informal clothes are in order. A sports dress of the spectator variety or your favorite sweater and skirt is appropriate. <laughs> Or how about the <laughs> leggings I've been wearing for three days, my sports bra, and this old t-shirt? <laughs> no, you cannot wear that to a coffee date. That is unacceptable. Oh, Watch me. This is so uh, 
So t- so they categorize coffees as one of the most delightful informal parties given today is a coffee. It proves very popular as a congenial get-together for wives to welcome a guest or newcomer to the station. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I agree. Um, so they have another category, brunch. Brunch is an informal midday gathering, too late for breakfast, too early for a regular luncheon. The hours fall between 10 and 1, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> That's brunch. Um, okay, so this one's called the buffet supper. The buffet supper is probably the most popular form of entertaining today. Its popularity is a byproduct of our time in which full-time servants are the exception rather than the rule. What? What? Say it, read what? that again. <laughs> it's, uh... Its popularity is a byproduct of our time in which full-time servants are the exception rather than the rule. It is informal as compared with a seated dinner. However, it can be made formal or informal as the hostess desires with regard to dress. Hmm. I, uh, okay, remember, 50s, 50s. (laughs) Okay, so in case you are invited to a buffet supper and you just, don't know what to wear because your hostess didn't tell you here's a clue if the invitation is by telephone and she neglects to state the dress it is perfectly proper to ask her formal or informal it's my phone (laughs) i don't think it matters like oh my god okay okay if the hostess has specified formal it is necessary that you find out just how formal oh my god (laughs) yeah Oh, my goodness. Wear your ball gown to this barbecue. That's how formal yes, it is. Yes, please do that. And the same applies <laughs> if a hostess should specify informal. Men need to know how informal. Your husband will be embarrassed and blame you if he is the only man present in an open-necked aloha shirt when all the oh other men God. are in sports coats and shirts with ties. If your hostess has not made it clear, it is perfectly all right to phone and ask her. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can we – oh, my God. Can we just address that? It's her fault because her husband can't dress himself. Oh, they, like, had, like, some just crazy things that they did for these dinners. So listen to this. When supper is announced, the ranking officer's wife is invited into the dining room Followed by the rest of the guests. What? Okay. Right, right, right. Wow. Okay. So, um, It also gives you like a play-by-play on how the meat should be arranged and everything like that. The meat? Yep, the meat. In my mouth, that's how. Just put it in my mouth. Right. Arrange it into my mouth. Oh. They even have, um, uh, they even have seating arrangements. Let's see. What did she underline? Seating. Seating at official dinners meticulously follows the rules of protocol. The senior gentleman is always seated on the right of the hostess. The second senior sits on the left of the hostess and so on down the line. Mm-hmm. How do you know? This, this lady <laughs> sounds like buckets of fun. I'm not going to lie. She sounds uh, like buckets of fun. And she would be so much fun to invite to my formal party i'm not gonna tell you how formal it's gonna be a surprise (laughs) you better let them be surprised because otherwise it'll just be too crazy oh good lord oh my you guys there's just so much in here that it's so hard to like 
it's so hard to like pick one thing to to right. read. Um, I think I'm just gonna leave it at that. So next time, it was am- amazing on the adventures of the Air Force wife. We'll go into some more things that I just think are very necessary in our time to make fun of. I'm sure there's more <laughs> books like that, but addressing other branches, like the Army uh, wife, the Marine I wife, the so. Navy. Yeah, I hope so. So I was looking up. One. I was looking up her, the author, and I think she actually did write a book at least about the na- being a Navy spouse, a Navy wife. Sorry, Navy wife. Oh, how does she know? Is jump, jumping ship? There's my question because I couldn't find anything else on her. So I'm like, how do you know? Actually, hold on. There might be. Um, she has an index. A bibliography. Does that is that what we use to tell us what things yeah. are? So maybe that's it. She, I think maybe she just got gathered all of her information from different things. Interesting. Very interesting. A uh, very different time. And, uh, yeah. That sounds, that's a depressing time. Uh, you gotta keep up with the household and then you can have a job, but you gotta please your man, but also make sure he keeps the schedule correct because the dumb dumb that can't even figure out what to wear to a party on his own. (laughs) Yeah. Men are useless. I'm gonna say it now and I'll say it again. (laughs) Men are useless. They still are. Why women need to rule the world. We need yeah. to rule the world. We would fix things. Step they can't out even of the way, host, men. They can't even put together a party themselves. Because when, no. when they try, it's like, they're just like, yeah, we might do blah, blah, blah. That, okay. Okay, cool. <clears throat> um, is it a family thing? Do we all come? Are we supposed to bring food? Right. Uh, what time? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there, you know, anything that we need to do or bring? And they're just like. Well, I don't know. I just we're just gonna do this, and I think he said like six. Okay, this is this is again why women need to rule the world, so we can just tell men what to do. We do exactly. it anyways. So just s- step out of office, people. Let us do in our job. Currently, okay? we can That's do it job. better. Yeah, it's our job. Obviously, we we uh we can go- we can do a whole lot, apparently, by running a household and being a wife and taking care of children and having a job if it works with our time and making sure yes, our house looks good. Exactly. And if and we can formal dinners. Yeah. If we can run a household, have a full time job, put together dinners, <laughs> take care of the children <laughs> and still play with your dick at the end of the night, we can run the world just fine. <laughs> right. Yes. Women for we can handle it. world we can handle anything. winnings. Yep. Mm-hmm. We can do it. Women for oh my gosh, ruling the world. That book is crazy. That book it is, is insane. It is so funny. I, let me tell you. I'll just go through the table of contents really quick so everybody knows the funness that we'll be getting into. Um, there's 16 chapters. Um, so esprit de corps. I don't know what that means. How the Air Force Trains your, ho- your Husband. Air Force Engagements. The Military Wedding. Customs and Traditions for the Air Force Bride. Living on an Air Force Base. Living off an Air Force Base. High Finance and Flying Circles. <laughs> Sorry, that one. I see what you did there. Entertaining in the Air Force. Fulfilling Social Obligations. 
Air Force youngsters. Change of station. Air Force life overseas. That one I can't wait to read about. The Air Force Medical Service. Another just golden right there. Air Force right. life in Washington. Really? And That's then, very specific. <clears throat> diplomatic life for the Air Force in foreign countries. I really want to address <laughs> the um, the Air Force weddings and traditions or what was it? Customs and traditions? Yes. Customs and traditions for the Air Force bride. Okay. I need that. Okay. I need, like, I'll a, take a note. Like a, uh, we will do that one next. Yes. I need detailed <laughs> notes on that one, Jen, because that one sounds – I mean, it all sounds insane and I'm here for it. So I think yep. we should – be covering this for the next few weeks i think <laughs> like so a chapter a week <laughs> this yeah. is great come yeah. deep dive with me as i read through the air force deep wife. dive yeah into the 1950s the air force of the 1950s mm-hmm. the yeah, air force through wife. the eyes of the spouse yeah oh, oh my gosh yes i'm ready for that one it's amazing <laughs> thanks jen that was funny <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're welcome. I know. I just a few little short things to get us a little yeah. happy. <laughs> Can you imagine 70 years from now, whatever the status of the military is, what how they're going to look upon the way we behaved and our traditions and customs and I mean, I'm re- very respectful of of the military. I just mm-hmm. don't live that lifestyle. Like right, that I, book. <laughs> I I know. I'm curious to know what they'll be doing. That's completely different from what we do right mm-hmm. now. Right. So. Right. And hey, if anyone is anyone's writing a book right now about the modern day Air Force wife, I'm down to read that as well. And we got some pointers. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to read that because there is. You know, this has nothing, like, there was no technology back then, and now we have just right. loads of technology at our fingertips, yes. so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you could have a whole chapter or two on that. Yeah. Yeah, and just um, keeping in touch with, the, in while you're in the military, like, back then, it was so romantic. It was romanticized to have letters and stuff. And mm-hmm. now you don't get that. It's like, where's my letter? I don't even know how to spell anymore because I have iPhone and it spells checks, spell checks everything for me. Um, right? I did see somebody, I saw somebody on Facebook the other day complaining about how they have only received a certain amount of phone calls while their significant other is in basic. And everybody's like, what? It's like, they can make phone calls? <laughs> <laughs> and we were, and I was like, I got two phone calls the entire time Kyle was in basic training. I think it was like two, maybe three phone calls. No, it was two phone calls. But anyways, and I was like, they're complaining about that? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're lucky if that's the only thing you can manage to complain about right now. Yeah, I think like new, new spouses, new military spouses just, don't even realize these struggles that we had to go through mm-hmm. in the earlier stages of like the military, how it was 10 plus mm-hmm. years ago is way different than what it is yeah. now. Like they have so many more options and so many more Absolutely. ways to keep in contact now. Which and is ours were, great. It's amazing. Yeah. we. Yeah. I used to send – when Dave was deployed for like the first two times, I used to send him printed out pictures 
of me and my daughter. Right. Literally. Like, I don't know yeah. why, but because that's what we did back then. We printed our pictures always. I I used to call him using calling cards. Yeah. Calling cards. So I would buy myself a calling card and then buy him a calling card. And then when he would, when I would, is able to call him, I would give him the number to his calling card so he can call me um, when he was like on deployment. And then we got really lucky. And one day we started video chatting. I don't even know how that happened. But my mm-hmm. laptop didn't even have a camera. So I had to go and borrow a friend's laptop to use her camera so I could see my husband who I hadn't seen in months. Um, right. But when he was in basic, I'm sure I've talked to us many, many times, but we used to write letters to each other and I would write him a letter every single day and he didn't get them. He got them until he got them all like at once, I think his last day there or something. So that one must have been really disheartening for him. And I didn't get to see him until he graduated basic. Yeah. There was no phone calls. There was two phone calls. There was no FaceTime or any of that. We didn't. The iPhone didn't exist, people. It was a work in progress. It didn't happen until like two years after we got married. Yeah. Well, and even then, it's like data wasn't really a thing. You had to. No. Oh, man. I, I remember the days when phones first started having the internet button. And don't press it because holy shit the amount of money that you're you yes. were worried that was going to get charged on your phone bill <laughs> don't touch yeah. it yeah 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 <laughs> don't touch it's it. like you accidentally press that button and you're like no 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 and 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 yeah cancel 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 panic. cancel yeah panic That's and now so here funny. we are unlimited data <laughs> all the time i don't have unlimited data but yeah i don't either that's not an yeah. option here but it's okay yeah One but day. now i'm you know Sending Kyle text messages all the time or, you know, FaceTiming or whatever. We, like, we keep in touch much, much easier these days. And it's great. I'm not crapping on anyone. I'm glad that they have those abilities now and that, you know, if you're in basic training and they have that capability of letting them use the phone more often, that's amazing. I'm glad. I wish we would have had that back then. It would have made things a lot easier. But we didn't, and I can complain about it now. <laughs> yeah, because things were way different back then than they are now. Just like things are going to be way different in the future than they are right now. And I just, mm-hmm. I'm just curious to know what that could possibly yeah. be. In the future, we're just going to be able to teleport ourselves <laughs> to Send our spouse's holograms. office and be like, yeah, yeah, in like hologram form, or yeah. you know, just teleport yourself all together and be pie. like, can yeah. you pick up eggs on your way home? Great. Yeah, exactly. Just what we needed, especially when your husband works right next to the commissary yet refuses to go grocery shopping. Oh, Rude. oh, no. And you have one car and he takes the car a lot, except mm-hmm. for when it's summer and I actually can have the car, but still. Uh, yeah, I still. was down to one car because when we got home David. the other day from California, my husband's car was dead it wouldn't even take a charge we had a friend try to jump start it it wouldn't even and then i was like okay we just need to go pick up my car that's on base because the person that dropped us off had used our car and we just told him to leave it on base Mm -hmm. um my car was also dead oh man Uh, yeah it sucked but he was able to get it jumped the next day so i said okay well you keep my car until we can get yours fixed 
So we were down to one car and I was stuck at home all week and it sucked. It sucked, Jen. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go into work on Friday. So I had told them all week. I was like, I need to go in on Friday. <laughs> I have paperwork to sign. So I need the car. And I had even like walked to the grocery store, which is it's not that bad. It was only like a mile. But walking with children a mile in the hot sun was like you were crossing the Mojave Desert with no shoes on. It's that's yeah. what it was like. Painful. Yeah. So but I bought him water because there's vending machines everywhere in Japan. People everywhere. Anywhere you turn, there's a vending machine. So I so bought smart. him water and I know it's awesome. All kinds of vending machines too, not just drinks. It's like food vending machines and pizza and eggs and ice cream and <laughs> all sorts of stuff. But anyways, so yeah, we went to the grocery store and did some shopping and and then when I finally got my car, I was able to get out and do stuff. And we got him a new battery and his car works just fine now. So everybody has their own cars. And yet here I am still at home not doing anything. <laughs> it's okay. This literally, I tell you, Veronica, my whole summer break has been mostly me staying home and yeah. not doing shit. And it's been fantastic. Right. I will tell you. It's been so great because I just like is like a reset from it is. the school year <laughs> from the school year and going crazy to not having to worry about doing anything so if i didn't want to do anything i don't and i don't feel guilty about it at all not one bit yeah i embraced um, it my goodness this this has taken another turn it's always I'm we gonna, just i'm gonna lots end of turns. It here <laughs> lots of turns we just and turns thanks yeah, for listening guys this whole thing thank you yeah. thank you lovely listeners for sticking yeah. through with us and our nonsense right um we appreciate you please again rate and subscribe on your favorite listening platforms and if you have any questions comments concerns or stories you can always reach out to us on our did i say social media already anyways Mm-mm. on all social media platforms and also email us at dependesplaining at gmail.com where we are here for you because you are there for us and we appreciate mm-hmm. you. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Shall we send them off, Jen? Well, let's do it. We're going to send you off Air Force Wife style from the 1950s yes. Yes. in formal attire. Yonder. Don't forget. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's formal. It's formal send off. Okay. Okay. Don't forget. It's it's casual formal. <laughs> casual, yes. Um, to confuse Aloha you. Aloha shirt formal. Yeah, don't forget to tell your spouse that he should not, he or she, sorry, should not wear their Aloha shirt. <laughs> you better wear a black tie to this bitch because yeah. wherever you go, there, there you are. are. Bye. Bye. <laughs>